everyone, welcome to another episode of the Book More Show. I'm Stuart Bell, and today Dean and I got to catch up with the studio and really talk about why it is you need a conversation starting book. There's some great insights in this one. Over the last week or so, I watched three people talk at conferences about using a book to build your business, but they were all talking in the traditional publishing sense. And we know that the cost of that, the overheads of going that route, it's just unnecessary for 98% of business owners. It's expensive. It takes far too long. When the real benefit for most of us, the job of work of the book, is to get that start in a conversation with people who are most likely to become clients in the future. Great insights here. We really dive deep into all of the benefits of a book without getting caught up in the waste of that traditional publishing route. So, Remember, you can check out the show notes and watch the video to this one at bookmore.show. And with that, let's get to it. It's that time. It goes fast. Yes. So today I thought we would talk about what you and I think is the job of work of a book. Because over the last couple of weeks, I mean, we were at the house a couple of days ago watching one of the live streams and people were talking about books way more in the traditional sense in the bestseller mm-hmm. sense in mm-hmm. the multi tens of thousands of dollars a months of work sense where there's definitely a purpose for that a job of work but that's really not the use case that we're talking about the majority yeah, I of the had, time so it's funny because just yesterday i was on a zoom meeting with a gentleman who had you know spent tens of thousands of dollars writing a, a book yeah. right with a ghostwriter and getting it all edited and laid out and you know 250 page like traditional (laughs) bigger than a standard book with a beautiful you know full color dust cover version or whatever and told me that he had now you had three thousand of them in a (laughs) warehouse could we use some of that content for Christmas uh, presents for, for friends and family. Paperweights. <laughs> I use books like this as a nice lift for my laptop, a laptop lift, you yeah. know, but I, I just, I'm such a big believer in the use of getting the information out, like getting, using it to gather the audience. And right. then it's so much, I think, better to spread out the content over a period of time to the people who are attracted to the initial message of the cover like that that's the way that's the path we went down like he's got what i think would be the most valuable thing for him is you know thinking about doing some lead generation yeah and then converting each of the chapters in the book into uh, something that we could run postcard or you know information for turn yeah. each one into a lead generator but then fulfill give somebody the full, the book. full version right yeah, exactly yeah. and highlight that yeah that this version. idea of funnels and campaigns versus build it and they will come it's such a broader opportunity mm-hmm. to attract the people who are attracted to those six seven eight different chapters yeah and then use it over the long run rather than i mean he's got the book already but in terms of mm-hmm. thinking about creating one using those action steps or things that resonate to bring people into the world mm-hmm. then there's a smaller piece that advances the conversation but the long tail of 
the engagement with people over the longer period, just the short run, the opportunity to use the exist the additional stuff rather in that funnel. We get people a lot of times who come saying, hey, I've been doing the same presentation for five years. I've got it down. I've got it recorded. There's a great recorded version. I just want to use that. And we, I can't think of the last time we did one of those because it always turns into more problems than just right. recording something fit for purpose. Yeah. But definitely don't not use that content, but just use it yeah. outside of the book. The book yeah. is, its job of purpose is to start the conversation, yeah. not to convert in the pages. Hmm. Few people read it. Right. The overhead of doing full traditional version both the time and expense and the delay delay yeah, yeah. and the you know then you've got them and they're more expensive to <laughs> to print and they're right. your bigger commitment you know yeah. printing wise so inventorying yeah. them you get so much time to get to the point where you've actually got the book in your hand yeah and then going out now you know there's a lot of good things that can come, you know, from writing a perennial, like writing mm. a category. Yeah. Um, defining book. Yeah, yeah. Like when you, cause we were talking about the, uh, you were talking about lives, what we were live streaming was the Joe Polish, the genius yeah. network annual event. And in that room, there's a lot of people who have written New York times, best-selling books yeah. and are, you know, known for that, but they've got, reach you right. know, they, they've got an audience yeah. uh, like that so when they write a book it automatically catapults Lifts to that yes exactly yeah. as opposed to i think what people think about that is that well if i have a, they're looking at correlation as causation right. yeah that yeah. they're looking that well that guy's rich and famous <laughs> and he's got a new york times best-selling book ergo but, yeah if yeah. i have a book and it gets to the top of the new york times then i yeah. too will be rich and famous even yeah. though i'm neither not, not. right now yeah and so it's you know it's not cheap to get right. a book to be on the new york times you know yeah. first of all there's just the fact of writing the book itself is going to be you know probably in the 30 to a hundred thousand dollars is what yeah those the and people who are doing that are doing that in just creating the book and then a year probably in reality of time to to yeah. get that to get that going and there's a place for it if you are already an established yeah. idea in the marketplace you know but I just feel like we've uncovered a, a shortcut, you yeah. know, a fast pass to yeah. get a the outcome hack. that you're looking for by realizing that the triggering mechanism of the title of a book is what does the job of work that yeah. you're hiring the book to do. If you're in a point where you don't have a big audience, you're hoping to gather an audience. Yeah then that's the lowest I was thinking I was just writing in my journal about this, like some of the reliable, repeatable models that I've developed, you know, and if I had anything that that would be the fastest path that I would take for, for any market, if I were going into any market, I would look at, I would take all the profit activators. I'd look at profit act one, select a single target market. So I'd zone in on who is that person that I'm trying to reach. Yeah. Then I would think to myself, okay, what are 
the hopes and aspirations of those people? What are the thoughts, the questions that they've got, the things they're pursuing, the the problems that they have? And yeah. create this whole word palette. That avatar of where yeah. they are and what they're what they're thinking is trying to intersect mm -hmm. the same place observing them getting all of those identifying do i have visible prospects or invisible mm -hmm. prospects and if i've got invisible prospects then where are they in the, where are they hidden <laughs> if they're fish what pond are they in yeah. you know this kind of thing and then i would look to create a title of a book that would definitely be compelling to that to audience groups. and i would write the minimum size book that would do the job of work to yeah. get that as long as i can have a book that has that title 95 percent of the job I'm saying 95 i'm being generous with the five <laughs> because i believe that 100 percent of what they're responding to is the, the title and the fact that it's a book and yeah. you've delivered a message to the right audience that's yeah. compelling right we were talking about dr milky at breakfast this morning and that idea of a book about plantar fasciitis that's a small book if you put the plantar fasciitis solution that yeah. that to the people who have that problem it's jumping off the page to and them. they don't know or care that it's 250 pages or 50 pages yeah it doesn't matter yeah the job of work is just to get people to say i want that yeah then you know when the money rather than spending the money to write the definitive work plantar <laughs> fasciitis or whatever your yeah. topic is to spend the money on gathering the audience yeah knowing that if we can identify a thousand people who have a recognized, acknowledged interest in the plantar fasciitis solution or the adult acne solution or the, you know, Longboat Key Beachfront Condo Report or yeah. the 90-minute book, any of those things. We get a thousand of those people and then nurture our relationship with those people for over the next 100 weeks that so many of them are going to do something. It's like such a... So for $5,000, we can turn that into $155,000 or more yeah. in that period because of time. Because the book in that overall funnel is doing its job of work of collecting yes. the interested parties up front. Yeah. And then the longer tail of engagement mm -hmm. is done with all of the other things around it. Yeah. But the book is amplifying that message mm -hmm. and starting the relationship off yes. from a place of giving useful information. Yeah. And the the minimum viable book that you were talking about, the minimum viable content is just that. The starting point that makes the people who opt in feel like they've been delivered the answer they expected and not feeling that they're bait and switched into something else. They've got no. value from it. But the clear understanding that there's way more of the picture, way more of the journey over here. Yeah. And here's each little step. Here's the next step. Yeah. That once somebody's in there, what's the next thing? Now that we're looking, I'm just kind of going all the way through the eight profit activators, select a single target market, compel them to raise their hand. That's the only job of work of profit activator two is to right. get somebody to raise their hand. Now we're in profit activator three. If we can get a thousand people in that pool that we're nurturing yeah. over 100 weeks, not the next hundred minutes, the hundred <laughs> right. weeks, right. two years, yeah. that 
half of them are going to do something yeah. in that category. Right. Yeah. It just, it was so funny because before you walked in here, I was recording a podcast with a real estate agent in Guelph and we talked about, he's been doing generating leads for about a year now yeah. and intermittently following up with people took a little fell off on sending the weekly yeah. uh, emails that we recommend. Then he sent a nine word email to them. Hey, are you still looking for a house in Guelph? And he got eight or 10 people who replied. He got a lot of responses, but yeah. he got eight or 10 people responding back saying, oh, we bought a house. Hey, thanks for all <laughs> your help. Right. And so he fell right. off in yeah. doing it and missed out on that, that, that opportunity. Yeah. And then Profit Activator 4 making an offer that's going to make it super easy for people to get started. Right. Yeah. Just take the next step. So that formula that's been, you know, tried and proven and I could deploy it quickly. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing, the speed to market and the opportunity cost of doing something longer and less defined. It's, we get people all the time talking about that long tail who joined yeah. the nine word, uh, the nine minute book list. Years and I mean six or seven years ago. How much does our signature uh, book cost now? What, what are two thousand dollars? Two thousand dollars for the signature fastest. ninety minute uh, book, the fast uh, yeah. the version, and then for people who want to get a narrative version, we can do three thousand to turn it into a more narrative thing. Which I, you know, I'm a big. If I were doing it, this is what I say yeah. to people all the time: is that I would start with the narrative version and i know yeah i'm an advocate for it and this is how i know that most people who you know we own a company that does it the 90 minute <laughs> book company yeah. that creates these 90 minute books that are driven by a book called the 90 minute book <laughs> right that people consistent. opt in to get yeah, yeah. And yeah, we're not going uh, somewhere else to write. All right. Books. We don't have a big, <laughs> it's not a 252 page hardcover dust jacket book. It's a 90 minute. It's the exact thing that we're showing people how to do. Yeah. And that is a, you know, that's been millions of dollars from a 90 minute, 50 or 60 page book. Yeah. That is a transcript of a targeted interview yeah. that I did with Susan Austin that, explaining the concept of the 90 minute book. And it's done in that format yeah. of we the intentionally interview kept it, format, right. we kept but it. divided into the chapters and the things. Yeah. And people say, oh, I want to get, I want to do a narrative book. And they don't believe that when I say, that's what I would do. A 90 minute book is a perfect example of yeah. the signature one. And that's how I know that probably 75% of the people who do a 90 minute book with us have never read the 90 minute book. No, no. They opt in for it. They get it. They see it in their hand. Yeah. I was the cover of it, which most people have seen the cover of it is an orange cover. Yeah. I was on the phone with someone last week who was convinced that the thing that brought them to us, working with us, was that little blue book. I mean, it's yeah. people don't remember the details. Yeah. I think even we talk about readership rates uh -huh. 
often. Well, they may so be, much. it may have been somebody who, because I have a blue covered book that looks like the 90 minute book called the 50 minute marketing sprint. Right. And so email mastery as well. And email it, it was definitely the 90 minute book, okay. uh, but they definitely got it wrong, but they may have seen the other ones as well yeah. and just confusing which one it was. Yeah. But that point on people want the outcome yes. for the job of work of these books that we're writing. We're not writing them for people to be entertained. Mm. The product isn't the book. The product mm. is the conversation. Mm. The people, for them, the outcome is the thing that they're interested in, yeah. not being entertained by the words. Yeah. And that minimum starts that gives them the value yeah. that leads to other conversations. And that conversation might take six years to mature as we get with some of the book clients. Yeah. But the opportunity cost of not doing it, I was just recording a podcast before I came across here for a financial advisor that we've worked with, mm -hmm. and they've now got a huge program that really came from the second book. So the first book they wrote was single target market, very dialed in. The second book they wrote was then came from the first. It was almost like a framework book. The first book was Bill Bloom. Mm -hmm. So first book, Yachter's Guide to Early Retirement, very specifically targeted at that group of people yes. who he enjoyed working with. The second book, Retire As You Desire, is the framework yeah. that kind of came from conversations of the first. Yeah. And now Retire As You Desire is a big platform that they've got yes. that really is the model that they hang all of their mm -hmm. work off. And it wasn't until this was three years later maybe the second one came out so we were joking and saying for people listening to that show wanting to get started well the best time was 10 years ago mm. but the second best time is today and having something that gets in front of those people mm. because just as you were saying with the realtor mm -hmm. the opportunity cost of engaging with people later and saying oh that's great yeah i just happened to do that thing that yeah. you're talking about yeah a couple of weeks ago yeah it's, yeah that fast to market, the job of work, yes. the minimum effective amount, yeah. uh, that's the big difference. But that's what I look at is literally for $2,500 in less than 30 days, you could have a book and have your first 100 leads, <laughs> right. right? If we say yeah. that we can generally, yeah. we look to get, depending on how narrowly focused they are, yeah. we're looking in that $5 range plus or minus as the- Yeah, that the, seems to be about average. Right, the cost to get those leads. And I look them as a bundle of 100 people. Yeah. That if you look at that 100 people, it costs $500 to generate 100 leads. Yeah. And if we were to look at them in 100 weeks, and it's a certainty that some number Something of those are going to have bought or, you know, purchased whatever solution or whatever the idea is, the category. So if you think yeah. about Bill Bloom, if they're a financial advisor, that out of 100 people that opt in for that retire as you desire book today. Yeah. That if we fast forward two years, a hundred weeks, yeah, how many of those people will have sought out or engaged in an advisory relationship? Yeah, and that's so you, many. Yeah, it's crazy. And when you tie it down to time-based things yeah. as well, so again, we deal with a lot of financial advisors, mm -hmm. and it's somewhat my background, so those examples always stick to mind. Mm. But when you think about the time-based thing, as people, what to do at 62, mm. retirement ready, all of those people passing that threshold in those same 100 weeks. Yeah, 10,000 uh, people a day just in the United <laughs> States are turning 65. Right. Right now, and that's going to be true for the next 11 years. 
Right. Right. So we've got that momentum going there. And I would say like picking a market like that, you know, that's how Lee Iacocca got rich twice. Right. Right. With the Mustang for the 18 year olds. Yeah. That the lead baby boomers were 18 looking for inexpensive, good looking, fast, sporty (laughs) cars. And then 20 years later, the 38-year-old lead baby boomers are looking yeah. for minivans. <laughs> and he created the minivan for right. Chrysler. And that became a big hit for the next 20 years. And yeah. if he was looking at it now, that same baby boom group now are turning 65, yeah. right? Almost half of them are through already, have turned 65. But you look ahead and you start thinking, okay, we still got... 10 or 11 years of 10,000 people a day day. turning 65. Yeah. It's like such a great, and they've got all the money. Right. That's the biggest thing, right? If you look at it, that's, it's like such a. That's the pool of people who mm -hmm. have got the disposable or or Mm -hmm. the requirement to do things as they're moving. Accumulated income. Accumulated assets. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a, the whole idea of having beneficial constraints, which is one of the, book blueprint scorecard mindsets mm-hmm. this idea of those kind of internal constraints on mm-hmm. meaning that you get it done so reducing the scope to be the most valuable but minimal effective mm-hmm. dose mm-hmm. but then also putting time-based scopes around it that mm-hmm. the clock's ticking i was just with my brother at the weekend so i'm 47 he's 40 his girlfriend's five years younger than that so we were talking about kids so our youngest is 13 and phil's youngest is six and his Phil's girlfriend was talking about that age and we worked out that the age difference between the two of us is the same age difference from when Lucy and I got together and the youngest age that Aubrey was to now and that time disappears I think in a kind of well, we looked at too. so I had this conversation with the financial advisor yesterday who I was, you know, doing some illustration showing him that, you know, 62 to 67 year old as that, as a target audience right right now, that's the most likely time where people are going to elect social security. They're either going to 62 or 67 are going to wait their 70. But in that range, he was thinking that his, as far as a target audience, he was interested in going to 55, you know, thinking we expand the audience, you get more people. But I said that the 55 year olds are going to have a completely different set of emotional needs right now than the 65 year olds. And it's exactly the difference between talking to a newborn mother, a mother with toddlers, with young preschool kids and a parent of teenagers yeah. who are getting ready to go to college. Yeah. Right. That's the, that's as dramatic the difference. Right. As in the financial needs and advice that you would give to right. a 55 year old versus a 65 year old. And the fact that we can focus and narrow your target market that I think 55 is a good, is a good, good bit thing. difference. You know what you don't hear anymore? I don't see it anymore, but when financial, when the financial advisory business was being started, the target group, the message that was being talked about in the, in the eighties and nineties was this idea of freedom 55. (laughs) Do you remember ever seeing or hearing that? That was the thing was to these 35 year old, 40 year old 
people that getting them investing now with an eye to early retirement yeah. at Even 55. Even in the UK, that was the same age, same deal. I hear that as much. No, no. It's not the prevalent message. No. Now it's going back to work as a greeter at Walmart at 75. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the truth, right? That uh, has really... Um, yeah. yeah. And knowing that and understanding it and not only knowing your audience and what you can do for them, yeah. but knowing where they are and what messages they're mm -hmm. hearing. So how you can intersect at that point. Mm -hmm. That's the a, a very clear opportunity mm -hmm. point. So regardless of what you know, almost it's what they're hearing because this is the top of the funnel this is the first point of a long conversation mm. and yeah that minimum effective dose around that point mm. yeah that's the difference so Alrighty. what do you think where's the uh, i mean yeah i think my advice for people on that is you know narrow your focus yeah. and you know create that because i think for that same thing. That's what I would be looking at is if, if you've got a, a $5,000 war chest that you're trying to maximize there, yeah. that's exactly what I would do is a signature book, just the minimum you can upgrade it or do add more to it or yeah. do things. Cause we're not, it's not written in stone. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. We're not tapping them out on stone tablets. Yeah. So you can <laughs> update it as you go. Yeah. and add to it, but it's not gonna make any difference in the job of work of Profit Activator 2, which is to gather the prospects. Yeah. And as you're adding these, you know, I would look at definitely setting up a hundred week, you know, yeah. a hundred week process of maintaining the relationship people. with them and just monitoring that, you know? Like, yeah. so you look at, uh, you know, if, if you get, you could get a thousand of them for three to five thousand dollars, six thousand dollars, if you whatever the number is, yeah, to get a thousand prospects, yeah, who have self selected as interested. It's not just yeah. a thousand random eyeballs, yeah. it's the people who have opted in, right? Yeah, and you start to realize what an asset that is. We were doing the math on this established norms like in the financial advisory business especially yeah. you know it's an assets under management kind of approach for most of these companies if they're fiduciary advisors yeah. fee only they're generally charging one to one and a quarter percent per year yeah. for management of the money you know a million dollars of assets under management is a ten thousand dollar annual fee and they stay for years yeah. and years but if we took it established it at five years be uh you know a hundred number yeah a hundred people with a million dollars is a hundred million assets under management which would be a million dollars a year over the five years is a five million dollar enterprise value or, you know, yeah. value over that lifetime value over the five years which it would be more but five thousand and five million. And if you were to buy that, the enterprise value of that is a, there's the general rule of thumb is about three times gross revenue. Right. So uh, an advisory firm with a hundred million under management would have a value of $3 million. That'd yeah. be about what somebody would pay for that book of business. So you've automatically created a 
$3 million asset that you could exit at any time. Or if you were going to buy it, that's what you can buy it. You could buy instantly a hundred million dollars under management by buying an advisory firm with a hundred million dollars of assets under management. And there's your, and you'd pay the $3 million for it and you'd amortize it over a period of time, or you could create it. Yeah. Right. And you start to think if you can, if you had a way to gather people who are 60 to 67 years old, who have one to $3 million investable assets, and they live within a 10 mile radius of your office, there's thousands of them in every market. I mean, we just did the math, even sitting at the cafe where we go in the mornings, I was showing Austin, the the advisor there, that within 12 mile radius of the cafe, which gets them all of Winter Haven, there were like 2,500 people (laughs) who are married homeowners with one to $3 million investable assets, 62 to 67 years old. Yeah. So you think about that, you're surrounded, you're sitting, we've been calling it, yeah, a billion dollar oil well. Yeah. That you're sitting right, literally right underneath your feet. Yeah. There's a a billion dollars of potential assets under management. If you take a thousand people with a million dollars, that's all it takes, right? And if you've got a way to get those people to raise their hand. That's the thing. It's underestimating what's on the doorstep and the size of the total prize or oil well and just having a way of tapping it and not thinking that you need to be Exxon and huge refineries everywhere, but just a prospector out with a drill and yeah. for you individually, well, at least to begin with, that's, yeah. that's all you need. Yeah. 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 Well, this is a story about a man named <laughs> a poor mountaineer barely kept that we did there. get in the UK. <laughs> SNL we never got, but the clampets, that and was a big one day. He was shooting at some crude and up from the ground come a bubbling crude. That's right. So there you go. Black gold. So the lesson is go watch the Beverly Hillbillies <laughs> and then come to 90 Minute Books and yes. get your oil well sorted. Well, I'm excited. That's, I mean, you can't say it enough. It's frustrating even to think and see all this opportunity that yeah, well, people have. You know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you. Till next time. Okay. Thanks. <laughs>